I want to tell you tonight, maybe some of you have missed hearing God or you missed it. That doesn't mean God can't use you. We're going to miss it sometimes, but it's trial and error. Later on, I'm at, uh, on staff at uh, Radiant Life years later. Okay, I'm up on the platform. I go, we're singing and uh, we're praising the Lord. And I go up to Pastor Dave and I go, I think we need to sing that one chorus again. So he has everybody sing that one chorus. People started moving and up to the altar, and it was a great time. And Pastor Dave's looking at me, he goes, okay, what do we do now? You know, this is like, you know, you, you, you made this, you directed this, so what do we do now? Okay, there was a guy in our church named Vic. Vic used to come with a cassette tape ready to sing a solo at any time. Any time. Okay, and he had done that multiple times. Okay, but he had gotten a divorce, and because of that, he was on a year, like a sabbatic, you know, where the, we, we just weren't going to put him on the platform. He was working through some things. And so I'm up there, and what do I get? Tell Vic to sing a song. I'm going, okay, Lord. Pastor Dave's praying for some people down there, you know, and I'm going, uh, you know, I can't do that. He's not, you know, I, 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 I'm not the pastor, you know. So I don't do that. I don't even share it with Pastor Dave. So Pastor Dave comes up and goes, what are we going to do? And I go, I don't know. So he goes, okay, well, you know, it was real high. You know how you can get spiritually and you just feel like you're real close to the presence of the Lord. We kind of just shut it down and you could just tell we kind of missed it there. And uh, so we did that. And then uh, at the end of the service, Pastor Dave gets up and goes, now Vic Smith has a song for us. And he came up, and if you just sang that song, when I would have, right at the end there, who knows if we would have gone higher, we probably wouldn't be here today. We'd have just kept on going. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it was just crazy, and I'm sitting there feeling guilty, and I go, you know, I missed it again. But the difference was, when the devil said, God can't use you again, I go, no, I know my God. My God forgives me. My God is teaching me. I'm going to use this as a teaching experience because that's what God does. When we miss it, he knew I was going to miss it, but he was going to teach me. And what he taught me was I made a commitment. The next week I got up and shared how I missed it so people could learn that we don't always hear correctly. And, then, and I said, from now on, when I'm on this platform and I've asked the Lord to, to you know, give me the thoughts and, and, and do that, I'm going to act on what I, you know, know. Now, what I should have done is just ask Pastor Dave, who was the lead pastor at the time, Pastor Dave, this is what I'm getting. It's crazy, but this is what I'm hearing. And he would have gone, well, that's amazing, because he's got a song ready. But see, I didn't do that. But now I know to do stuff like that, because I wasn't really in charge of that service. You know, I needed to ask my authority. So I'm telling you, there's times I miss it, and there's times I get it, but it's trial and error. One night, I was uh, when Susie and I were first married, I got up, and it was in the middle of the night, and there was a guy named Joe, and I had been hoping to witness to him all these times and I, at work, and I'm in business, and I'm trying to witness to him, and so I just never opened the door. I'm working with this guy on like a real big job, and so I'm seeing him all the time. So anyway, so Joe comes one day, and he says, let's go to lunch. Well, back then... <coughs> contrary to now i didn't eat at fast food restaurants and probably didn't even eat ice cream who knows but anyway 
I was eating pretty healthy at the time, and he wanted to go to McDonald's. I wasn't real thrilled about going to McDonald's, but we went to McDonald's, and we sat down, and I'm thinking, okay, now's my chance. I'm going to just pray the, you know, the whole Bible, you know, bef- you, know, bef- you know, just, you know, and the Lord says, don't pray. Now, it wasn't an audible voice. It was just inside. God has made a spirit, soul, and body. It was just an inside thought, don't pray. Well, I thought that was the devil. Wouldn't you think that was the devil? Aren't you supposed to pray over your food? So I'm arguing, thinking, okay, i got to rebuke that. You know, this is my opportunity. And it got a little stronger, don't pray. And so I don't pray. I just prayed under my breath, and I'd start eating my French fries. Okay. So a few days later... God gets me up at 3 in the morning. I'm up. I'm wide awake. If God gets you up at 3 in the morning, just ask him what he got you up for. You know, he might want you to do something. Uh, Maybe want you to pray. Um, You know, whatever. So I said, and I I thought of Joe. So I sat down and I wrote Joe a seven-page letter, scripture after scripture after scripture. I was crazy. Sent the letter. My wife gets up. We were just married. That's our first year of marriage. And she gets up and looks at me and goes, what are you doing? I thought it was pretty obvious what I was doing, but, you know, I said, I'm writing a letter. At 3 in the morning? Can't you write in the, it, when you got up? I go, well, well, no, the Lord woke me up. I'm just coming. I'm just flowing. And so she, got, she shook her head, went back to bed. Two days or three days or whatever the mail takes, uh, you know, the next week, I got a seven-page letter back. And Joe was on the verge of suicide. Okay, and in that letter it says, I thought you were going to pray and preach to me at lunch, but you didn't. So God can even stop you from doing what you think you should do. See how it's important that we know his voice? So I've missed it, and I get it right sometimes. I hope that you're in the same category. But nobody's perfect, okay, except the one king, Jesus, was always perfect. He always heard clearly. But we're trying to hear all the time, but we don't hear all the time perfectly well. But at the same time, we're trying to tune in so that we can hear. And when we do, it changes us and it changes others. Because God knows more than we know. And so I was very uh, blessed to to change, uh, you know, to have Joe. We went up there another night and I actually led him to the Lord. And uh, we went on a rainstorm. And that's another ring. I told Susie, I said, we got to go find this guy, Joe. He lives in Akron. We're living in Canton. She goes, you don't even know where he lives. And back then, you didn't have GPS, okay? I says, well, we're going to find him. But it was pouring. It was just coming down cats and dogs. We drove through that rain. When I stood in front of his house, and he opened the door, he goes, what are you doing here? I go, well, the Lord told me to come up here, and we got to go in and share the Lord with him. So it's just important that we listen as much as we can. God can direct each one of us. Now, I want to read you a few things, and then I'm going to bring uh, everybody up here for a second. But here's what I want to read you. God is for me, not against me. You need to know that, okay? God is a great father. He's loving, he's encouraging, and he's forgiving. Those are basic things that you need to know at all times. God loves you. God adores you. See, sometimes we can say, God loves me, okay? Say this, God adores me. God adores me. Say that with me. God adores me. Now, he thinks you're wonderful. He said, but Pastor Dennis, you don't know who I am. He knows all about you, and he still thinks you're wonderful. 
Remember last week we talked about how the Father sees you through the blood of Jesus? He sees you perfect already. Jesus looks down and sees you the way you are and says, I was there and I'm praying for you. And the Holy Spirit is helping you because he what, lives and abides with you forever. And he's on the inside and he's the one that's actually doing the, uh, telling you what the Father's saying and, and trying to get you to hear. Okay? But there's other voices, right? There's our own voice. There's the devil's voice and then our vo- or, uh, the God's voice. The more you know yourself will be easier to hear God's voice. It's pretty easy to tell when the devil is speaking. Sometimes he's deceptive, but it's pretty easy because it doesn't fit with God's word. It doesn't fit with God loves me. It doesn't fit with, you know, God adores me. It doesn't fit with God forgives me. It doesn't fit with God wants to spend time with me. God always wants the best for me. Think about that. God always wants the best for you. Everything he asks you to do, it's always for your good. Hearing God is for everyone, not just the few. See, a lot of people think it's just the pastor, okay, or just spiritual people, but it's for everyone. Jesus died for everyone to hear him. Relationships are based on what? Communication. You can't have a relationship with God if you're not communicating with him. Okay, you just have a book that you're reading, the Bible, but it's, there's got to be a two-way communication. So it's communication. We do not serve a silent God. God is talking all the time. Talking to God is normal. Hearing from God is normal. And that's every day. Now, some days, i got to admit, I get busy. And if I get busy with my schedule, guess where God is? He's last on the list. And so there are days that I don't ask. There are days that I mess up. I, I remember one time I'm out mowing, and uh, the belt fell off my mower. I am not real mechanical, okay? So the bo- belt falls off the mower. So, you know, you're not supposed to complain. God says don't complain and grumble and all that stuff. But I was complaining and grumbling. And so I walked, you know, when it falls off, does it fall off by the house? No, it falls off from the furthest place from the house. I got to walk all the way up to the house. Got to get the tools, get the wrong tools. Got to walk all the way back up the house, get the other tools. Sit there and after a half hour, my knuckles are hurting trying to get that belt back on. And I'm doing it from underneath and I'm laying down in the, you know, and I'm just getting really frustrated. And finally I said, you know what, Dennis, you should take your own advice. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he'll direct your paths. I said, God, I forgot to ask you. Can you tell me how to put this stupid belt on? And all I heard was, try from the top. I got up, went on in two seconds. I go, okay, Lord, I ask forgiveness for my complaining and all that other stuff. I should acknowledge you in the beginning. See, he cares about the little things, little things. There was a New Year's Eve party one time, and Pastor Chris had advertised it as a big volleyball thing. So he was going to have, you know, volleyball tournaments for the uh, teenagers, volleyball tournaments for the adults. And I had always run the New Year's Eve thing, but he was running most of it that night. I got the big red van. Some of you know what I got that big, and it's loaded with stuff. I'm doing the card room that night and some other games and some quizzes. And, you know, so I got all that ready. I get in the car, and I am got it in reverse, and I hit the gas, and the Lord says, volleyball. I go, well, Lord, he's got a ball. I'm sure he's got a ball. We got a church. You know, we've got to have a volleyball church. All right. I put it in park, opened the garage door, walked in, got the volleyball, threw it in the van, and went on my way. 
so I'm sitting there, and it's halfway through the, you know, maybe an hour into the night, because we start at 8 and go on at midnight or whatever, and uh, I'm running the card room and guessing games and everything. <laughs> Pastor Chris comes over panicking, looking at me, goes, Pastor Dennis, Pastor Dennis, I go, what? He goes, you wouldn't have to have a volleyball, would you? I wanted to say, you mean you're running a volleyball tournament and you don't have a volleyball? <laughs> no, I just said, um, that's amazing. I got one in the back of my van. And so he ran and got it in the back of the van. And they had a volleyball tournament. See, that's a little thing, okay? But God wants to speak to us on, in little things as well as big things. My sheep listen to my voice. My sheep know my voice. God is always speaking, okay? And God is speaking. We must believe he's speaking to you. You have to believe that he's going to speak to you. You have to believe that, you know, you're a child of the king and he wants to communicate with you. Uh, the voice of God or the Holy Spirit is in us. So, you know, we're sometimes looking for that big, booming voice, like when Jesus got water baptized. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He'll say that to you, but it's going to be inside. Every once in a while, there'll be an audible voice, but there are people that live their whole life and they maybe never hear an audible voice, and other preachers that are, you know, well-known maybe have one or two times where you hear an audible voice like that with your outer ears. What ears do we hear with? your inner ears. God created me with the ability to hear his voice. Think about that. God created you with the ability to hear his voice. You're created in whose image? His image, okay? And hearing God's voice for ourselves changes our lives. So at this time, I'd like uh, you guys to come up and get a stool here, and maybe Shanna, can you pass that off to somebody? Yeah, but uh, we're just... Um, going to have these guys share. I'm going to ask them some questions, and after that, we'll maybe just talk a little bit about what they think. But uh, before we do that, we hear with our inner ears. And so I'm going to do a couple demonstrations here before they talk. Okay. So... Okay, who heard ball in there inside of them? When I put that up there, who, who heard ball? Yeah, I didn't say anything. Did you hear anything? What'd you hear? Huh? Big cards. Yeah, big cards. What if I... Um, Something like this. Okay. So that's B12. You probably can't read it from way in the back, but you saw medicine, vitamin. Is that what you heard? Okay, I didn't say anything, did I? So sometimes God says things to us, and he never says anything. He just shows us an image of something. In other words, you can be praying, and you see something, and then you have to figure out the interpretation. What you don't want to do is assume that this is medicine just because you saw it. In other words, you may see something that God shows you and you say, Lord, what is that? Because this isn't medicine, this is a vitamin and it's B12. And there may be you know, significance to that. So what I'm saying is that sometimes we'll see things. Uh, now, sometimes 
we've never seen this before, but anybody know what this is? Sometimes you see something that God shows you and you don't know what it is. You know what it is? Anybody know what this is? It's a COVID test. Three or four years ago, you wouldn't recognize it anyway. But in other words, God can show you something you've never seen before. That doesn't mean he's not going to teach you on that or what it's going to be. Unfortunately, I wish I'd never seen one of these. So, but we have. So, um, if kids were here tonight, you know, and I put that up there, what would they do? Anybody know what that is? Maybe you don't have kids, you don't know what this is. So, they would probably shout out the names of those little puppies on the thing. I never knew what they were before. Okay, I still don't know their names. But when my grandkids come over, they'll go, there's Sky, there's so-and-so, there's Marshall. I'm going, okay, which one's which? I have no idea. But I just laugh and go along with whatever. But they want to watch Paw Patrol. Okay, so in other words, what I'm trying to demonstrate there is what? Your inner ears hear all the time. So God isn't always going to have a voice. Sometimes he'll show you an image. Sometimes he'll do something, but you'll hear it. But where do you hear it? Inside, your spiritual ears. You're hearing things with your spiritual ears. So don't look for an audible voice all the time. You want to train yourself so when you have a thought that's kind of out, you know, in the, of the blue, like if I get up at 3 in the morning and, and the Lord says, Joe Cootie, okay, what do you want me to do, Lord? Why would I think of him in the middle of the night, you know? In other words, that's not normal. Or, you know, when I'm driving to <laughs> Tid's funeral home the other day and I had guys come over to play cards and I was supposed to be there at 5 o'clock, I'm driving and I got the thought I should go Industrial Parkway. And I go, but that's too slow. I'm going to go 33. <laughs> Took me 45 minutes to get there because there's action on 33. And I sat there. And I sat there and the Lord said, I told you Industrial Parkway. <laughs> and I go, I know, I know. I'm trying not to be irritated at all these people in front of me. I'm just going to, it was my fault. So the bad thing is, which way did I come back? I didn't ask again. I just went in Industrial Parkway back, okay, which took longer. And I looked over, and 33 was running fine. It was, you know, I could have made it faster, okay. But in other words, sometimes we'll have an experience, and then we'll go the other way without even asking again. But it's amazing that we can ask God about anything, and sometimes we'll hear, and sometimes we won't. But you know how you uh, develop that is by asking. Acknowledge him in all your ways. And just see what pops up, see what hears. All right. Well, Pastor Matt, you've been a worship leader. You've been a, now a pastor. And you've been uh, a Taco Bell guy. <laughs> and, you know, you've had lots of experiences. So uh, I'm just going to add, I'll let you share what I asked you to share a little bit. But in that, do you hear different in those in those areas? In other words, when you're a worship pastor, did the Lord use music to speak to you? Yes. Like certain songs you would, you know, gravitate to, or how did, how did that work? Or, you know, like now, you're not looking for a song, mm -hmm. you're looking for a message. Right. So how does that work? Yeah, it's tough. Um, I would say sometimes when people are talking or in a environment of prayer or, or uh, speaking or whatever it is, that there's just a song on loop in my head that no one knows about that I just cannot get out of my head until I maybe I go lead it in worship video. just before God and myself 
or I, he- I need yeah. to go hear the song, you know, in my car, but just sure there'll be a song stuck um, for me. So in worship, is that's, that's how it goes. And mind the light, am I okay? Here you go. Cool. Um, and uh, I can move over just for the sake of symmetry. Um, but, and I would say another thing is when leading in worship, you know, and, and having, developing a relationship with your lead pastor, whoever's the point person at that time, um, there would be times where like, oh, I've got this song and if we've got to sing it, we got to sing it now, it's the right thing. And then the service would go a whole different way. It'd be like, I had this moment, you know, and over time it was like, you know, it's not a big deal. If it's meant to be, we'll get it back to that point. And if it's not, then I trust the leadership. It's not that they've missed God or I've missed God. It's just, I feel like God is saying this. And then I have to, as always, just like Pastor Dennis had to extend to Pastor Dave, all he had to do go up and say, I think Vic is supposed to do that. Is that crazy or should we do that? That's all you have to do sometimes is handing it off to whatever spiritual leadership looks like in that moment. Um, but worship may look different. And then, you know, messages, uh, I'm still learning how to listen in that way because that's very different. I still want to, I would rather listen for worship <laughs> and, and songs and, and there's still melodies that, that come to my head or whatever. And sometimes I have to record that. Or sometimes that's just for that moment to give to God. Yeah. Um, but so those are some of the ways I'd say in worship, okay. specific, yeah. hearing God. All right, well, let me ask you, Shanna, you're a graphic designer. And you do all kinds of graphics. Does the Lord speak to you in that area of your life? I mean, do you, do you see images or what do you, how does he speak in that area? Um, yeah, I feel like creatively a lot of times something will just be dropped into my spirit and a lot of times it'll be linked to something that inspired me. A lot of times music can be a part of that. Um, actually, this past Christmas Eve, it was just, I mean, we were eight days out from Christmas Eve or so, and there was a song that went on loop in my head. And as it's on loop in my head, I just see kind of this scene play out um, And I called Matt and I was like, I have an idea for Christmas Eve. Like, I think this is like the creative element that we could bring to the service. And he, (laughs) right. And he was like, could this not have happened like a week or two in advance? Like not a a last minute person, very much a last minute person. Um, So we got in contact with the worship team and Sherry led the song and we found our Joseph and our Mary and our baby Jesus, and it all came together. But, um, yeah, I feel like the Lord will sometimes just bring a creative idea when I seek him. And I think I could have done it a couple weeks earlier, like kind of sought out that inspiration with more intentionality. Um, but, yeah, ideas do come that way. Well, Pastor Matt, why don't you share a time when uh, you absolutely knew, in other words, (coughs) there are times where we really know God speaks to us. Like one of the times for me was when um, I had been out of work for nine months and we had gone to Northwest Assembly God back then before it was Radiant Life. And we're there and I had been praying about, you know, where I'm supposed to work, Lord. Uh, There was a time where when I was told to resign, uh, the last job, the Lord spoke very clear to me, I'll take care of you. So nine months later, I'm starting to doubt whether he's going to take care of me or not. So, But when I hung up the phone, or Pastor Dave called and said, uh, would you guys come to the service, or want to come to uh, 
pizza tonight at my house, and I, you know, it was a business meeting. So why would we come? We were just visiting, you know. But I mean, we had gone a few times. But I hung up the phone, and uh, he, uh, the Lord said, clear as a bell. I mean, it was strong, but strong in my spirit, not audible. Okay, so sometimes it's a still small voice. Other times it's a very strong, you know, you hear it clearly. I could tell you each word. He said, he's going to ask you to pray about being the associate pastor. I mean, that's exactly what he said. Just like uh, the guy at, in the... Um, at Mount Perrin Church of God stood me up and said, don't hide this in the, son, whatever you do, don't hide this in the closet. Go and tell others what Jesus has done for you. That's word for word what he said. That's exactly what God said to me uh, when I sat down. And I told Susie that, and he had preached on don't put anybody in ministry unless you know them that morning. So Susie just looked at me like, okay, you weren't listening this morning. And uh, he, she said, he said, don't put anybody. And so I went to the business meeting. We went there. Uh, he had a couple bites of pizza. Some board members were there. And he said those exact words, I'd like you to pray about being the associate pastor. So that was something that was really strong. And that's what I've asked them to share. What was a strong time that, that you, you heard God? Yeah, I'd say one um, memory that comes to mind was a couple years ago, uh, one of John and I's friends from Youngstown was getting married, and he asked that I officiate the wedding, and I don't think I'd either not done any, or maybe I'd done one at that point, and we knew him really well growing up. He kind of looked up to me a little bit. He was three or four years younger, th and uh, I said, you know, let me just pray about this a little bit, but I, I don't see why not. I don't see a reason why I couldn't, and so I would sit there during, you know, the end of my Bible reading time each morning and just thinking about it. And I just never had a piece about doing it. And I was like, that's so weird. Like, why would God not want me to do it? So I, I kept putting it off. Like, I'm going to keep praying a little bit longer. And, um, and, and, and I'd pray the next day and the next day. And just I never felt peace about it. And I, I had to call uh, this guy, Dan. And I was like, listen, man, I'm sorry. It's, it's nothing about you. Like, I just feel like God is telling me I'm not the one to do this. And so, and I should have, in the moment, I should have better explained, like, it's nothing against you or your fiance. I have no problems with you guys. I just feel like God's telling me I should not do this for whatever the reason. And um, come to find out later, uh, I think the wedding was maybe six or nine months later. And I didn't know this at the time, but Shanna was not going to be here in town. And this wedding was uh, a couple hours outside of town, which means I would have had to driven by myself to go to this wedding like a day or two before, get my own hotel room, all that stuff. And I don't know if God was protecting me from, from an accident or from, I have no idea to this day what, yeah. what happened, but I just felt like I had no peace and I had nothing to do with the people involved. But I was like, for some reason, God does not want me to do this. And I was still invited to the wedding. We went to the wedding with my parents and had a good time. Um, but it was just this feeling that I could not shake, that I was not supposed to be the one to do it. So did you hear in that the peace is we're supposed to follow after peace? in our hearts there's some reason you don't have peace I, i'll tell you another story about not having peace we we get a down to florida we got the big van and we're driving across marco island bridge okay and i like to fish okay so uh when we're driving across the bridge i'm kind of scouting places to fish and there's a big uh like a catwalk underneath the uh, both sides of the uh bridge so i go to pull into the one side and just to check it out and it was like, oh, my goodness, I just had no peace, not only not peace, it was bad. It was like, there's just something not right here. 
so I left to go to the other side, and uh, I had the, the kids were small at the time, just two of them, and uh, we go there, and I didn't feel totally peace about it, but it was like, you know, I just need to be careful. So we walked onto the, the thing I told Susie ahead of time. I said, you stay right with me, keep the kids right behind me. And she goes, okay. And so we get out there. And so the best place to fish would have been way in the middle of the bridge, but I wanted to watch the van. So I had a, a stop there. And so we fished and we were catching uh, catfish, which I don't like catfish, but I ended up giving them to the... Uh, the guy, there were some migrant workers there that didn't speak much English, but the one guy said, we'll take the fish. So I ended up giving him all the fish. And so there was another guy there, a Vietnam vet. Uh, he was, I think he was homeless, but he was on the bridge. And it, I made, you know, talk to him a little bit. So we come home, and uh, at night I don't sleep a lot. So the kids went to bed. We're in a hotel room. There's no place for me to go. I go, I'm going fishing. So my wife says, well, that place, you said it was a little bit shaky. And I go, yeah, I only got $1 in my pocket, and I won't go far from the van. So I get there, and I don't go far from the van so I can see it when I'm fishing. But the best fishing's way down, you know, further. And it's 3 in the morning. And this guy comes over and plops his 5-gallon bucket like 2 feet from me. I say hi to him. He won't talk to me. A half hour later, the first thing he says to me is, is that your van? I go, yeah, the, the, the people were still there from the daytime. They were still fishing. And I said, he goes, well, I'd watch it if I were you. I go, well, that's why I'm fishing here. Because the best fishing's down there. And he said, uh, yeah, you're right. That's why I'm watching my truck, too. He pulled up his leg. He had a gun on one side and a big knife on the other. And he told me all these stories about how he'd been robbed how he'd been, you know, all kinds of stories, but that was never in the paper because it's a tourist place. And so he says, and it's a good thing you didn't go the other side. And so God was confirming to me those feelings. So God can use what? Feelings, okay? God created us in what? His image, okay? And if you look at yourself, you can learn about, okay, everything you have, God can use. In Hebrews it says, it, you can mature yourself that your five physical senses can discern good and evil. So in other words, you can smell evil. You can feel it. You can, uh, you know, there's, you can, you know, it, you, you can, everything God had, your emotions can be used uh, to, to speak to you. So in other words, God isn't just a voice. He's, he uses all of who you are uh, to, to communicate to you. So you can walk into a room and feel kind of like something's wrong here. And ask him why. Should I leave? Or is there something I need to pray about? In other words, it can be a feeling also. So Matt was talking about that peace, follow after peace. He didn't have peace, so he didn't move ahead. Sometimes we start going down a direction like he didn't think there was anything problem, but then when he doesn't have peace, he backs off. Okay, and that's what you should do is back off when you don't have it. Uh, you want to share next, Shanna? Um, so the instance that came to my mind um, was we were married a year, a year or two, really newlyweds, and we went to um, like a prophetic workshop. Um, and they talked to us about prophecy and how to practice it and um, kind of like what we're doing tonight. And then at the end of it, they had 
uh, team member meet with each group of people to just kind of practice, you know, stretch your wings, try it out. Um, so the guy came over to our group and he said, all right, everyone take, you know, 30 seconds, we're going to pray, and then you're going to prophesy over me. So we take the 30 seconds, we pray, and I, I flash back in my mind to this scene from summer camp. That summer we had led worship, and um, I remember standing in the back of the room, and there was a woman on stage ministering, and I just remember the Lord telling me, like, do not compare your gifting to others. Do not compare um, your opportunities with others. And so that's just kind of what I felt in my spirit for that moment. And so um, other members of the group are going around and giving prophetic words to, um, like, kind of our group leader. And I just sat there quietly going, well, that's for me. Like, I, I remember that moment, and that was for me. Like, I know what I was wrestling with, and that that word was, like, I'm not going to take my word and apply it to someone else's life. And so, at the, after um, they'd given time for everyone who wanted to speak up to speak up, and I did not, and um, he thanked us for the prophetic words, and gave feedback to each person, telling them like, kind of how accurate it was for his life. And I remember him telling one of the girls in our group who had spoken a word over him that he had really lately been doubting his own prophetic gifting. And here he is on this team that goes around and tries to teach people and help them exercise this. And he was saying that there's a girl on their team that um, the Lord communicates with her through pictures and he only ever heard words and he was frustrated that he was getting words but he wanted to have like this other experience with the Lord kind of and so I sat there as he's sharing this and I'm like that like I had that but how do you share it then after he's already kind of communicated that that's what he's going through so I drove home that night saying God like, I heard you, but I didn't, like, I didn't know it was you. I didn't recognize it as you. I thought it was me. So teach me to know when it's you. And immediately I heard there's going to be a deer on this road. And again, I was like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the spirit sounds a lot like the mind. Yes but they can often be in conflict with each other. So I hear in my spirit, there's gonna be a deer on this road and my brain goes, well, that's ridiculous. And when you know it, about 50 more feet up the road, it we were driving at night, there was a huge buck just standing off to the side of the road. And I was like, okay, I, th I think that when your mind jumps to rationalize something that's been dropped into your spirit, that can actually be an indication that it is your spirit yes. and not your mind. And mm -hmm. that has helped me to kind of separate the two. Yeah, that's good. So did you learn something from that? Yeah. So see, that you, you have to, it's trial and error. And God's not upset when you miss it. 
you know, he knows you're going to miss it. Okay, it's a teaching experience. So if you miss it, then he's saying, okay, now I'm going to get your full commitment to, to, you know, to really go into this because you, you, that's what you want, and I'm trying to teach you. So when you miss it, it's just a teaching experience. And so a lot of times, uh, you know, the goal is not to, you know, to start uh, to get your percentage up, but you know what I'm saying, that you, that you uh, hit it more than you miss it and you, you, you know, minimize those misses. Um, I've, I've had times where the Lord will tell me to, you know, give money to people, okay? And so the Lord will lead me into that. And so one time my uh, roommate from Oral Roberts, uh, he was a Baptist. I never could get him to, be, you know, to receive the baptismal spirit, you know, over a year trying. And um, so anyway, but he was a professor up at a college. Okay, I got my MBA and I wasn't, you know, I was uh, working at uh, another job and, and uh, we didn't have much money. And I kept telling the uh, Susie, I think the Lord wants me to give him $500. And uh, I said, that's a lot of money for us and, uh, at the time because we were just young married. And uh, she was like, wow, you know. But it just kept coming. It just kept coming. I mean, I kept, you know, rebuking it and doing whatever I could to get rid of it. But it just kept coming. It was weeks. I mean, it was like two or three weeks. I just said, Susie, I, can't, I just can't get rid of this. You know, and so I need relief. You know, I felt like the Lord, you know, and so I sent the $500 check and I put it in the mail and I sent it to him. Okay, he received it and on the day he received it, he calls me and he said, uh, you know, hey, Dennis, you know, it's Tom. I go, yeah, Tom, how you doing? He goes, I can't believe it. I don't know how you do that because remember, I'd always tell him about the spirit. You know, he goes, I don't know how you do that. This came the exact amount what I needed exactly today. It was the last day I needed this money. He goes, I don't know how, you, how you're here and can do that. I didn't tell him I had been hearing for three weeks. And he, <laughs> he should have got it a lot earlier if I'd been obedient, you know. But he, what I'm trying to teach you is that God knew it was going to take me three weeks. You know, he knew exactly how long it was going to take for me. And, and what Sh Shanna just shared there is God will speak to you within your personality, within your gifts, within your ability, and you don't compare yourself to others, okay? So what we're sharing here is, is so that you can just learn some basic principles, but you don't, you don't compare and say, well, I don't hear like so-and-so, or I don't see like so-and-so, or I don't feel this like so-and-so. Um, that's not what you're, you're just supposed to say, Lord, how do you communicate with me? I mean, I play sports, so God will use sports examples to me a lot of times. Um, you know, some guys are mechanics, and God will use mechanical things. Like, you know, if I hold up this, it doesn't mean a thing. What is this? Anybody know what that is? Aaron knows what that is. <laughs> yeah. So it is a wrench, but it's a hitch ball wrench because it's huge, and you take off your hitch ball with this, okay? So, you know, I didn't know what that was for a long time, so I needed one, and then I had to go to the store and get it. But what I'm saying is that, see, this may mean nothing. If you saw a picture of this, this may mean, okay, what's that? You know? But to somebody else, it may mean something right away. Uh, like even in pictures, um, I got a picture here I'll use. Okay. So there's me with a what?
Yeah, there's a big fish. Okay, but to a fisherman, they know what that fish is. You know what it is, Aaron? Can you see it? It's a black drum. So God may be wanting to tell me, black. You see what I'm saying? He could be trying to tell me, I've been wanting to do something, and he, you know, what color should I make this, or what should I do this, or, you know, or whatever. He might want to be getting black across to me, but if he showed that to most people, they don't know it's a black drum, so they're not going to get black. They're just going to go fish. What do you want to tell me about a fish, Lord? Now, you see what I'm saying? How God will use specific things that will identify, and then we start questioning, well, Lord, what are you trying to tell me with that picture you just showed me in my mind? See, did God give you an imagination? Yeah, and so he's going to use your imagination. And so I'm not as uh, creative as some people. Some people are real creative, and they're arty, like, you know, Shanna and that, and God can use different things. Uh, He can show me something like that, and it wouldn't do a thing for me. Um, So he uses sports. He'll use, you know, fishing. He'll use... uh, mowing the lawn or something uh, like one time i'm mowing the lawn and the, the the apple tree fell down and so it's just laying there and i'm thinking you know i don't feel like you know cutting it right now so i didn't cut it and the next year it's kind of bloomed and there was still apples on it even though it was laying on its side because it was still alive and you know what the lord told me you don't really want to he says that's you know when you get old like that you still bloom I go, thanks, Lord. <laughs> but he knew I was feeling like I wasn't young anymore, or, you know, that I just wasn't like I used to be, and I wasn't as fast as I used to be, and all that stuff. So, you know, you know, he knew, and he just spoke to me and says, hey, you still can bear fruit. Okay, and it really spoke to me. And it spoke to me so much that I actually used that in a sermon with a picture of that apple tree one time because I knew there were other people feeling exactly the same way I do sometimes. So hopefully I'm still bearing fruit. I will till, till the time comes when he calls me home. Well, okay, honey, it's your turn. Okay. My story is kind of unusual. Before I start, I'm going to say two things. I was just analyzing, like, how do I know if God speaks? You know, because he speaks kind of in your thoughts. How do I know if it's God or if it's just me? And I sat and I thought about it. And there's two things. One is a lot of times it's an aha thought, something that, is not normally in my brain and and it's just like oh like she said there's a deer in the road it's like something I wouldn't really think and then when the rationalization is my thoughts um it just kind comes out of the blue but not always so the other way thing is sometimes it's something where I'm pursuing a goal that he has actually showed me and and I'm kind of going the right way and in that way he just says do it it's very authoritarian it's not reasoning again. It's just go for it. Okay, you're on the right path, basically. Just do it. He doesn't sit there and talk all day. It's like a boss would say, get out there. You know. So those are the two things, either very authoritarian or, or very um, uh, aha uh-huh. moment. Okay, so my story's a little different, and probably most of you won't have this experience, but they wanted me to share it anyway. So um, when I was in college, I was going to um, go on a mission trip. And so in college, uh, I went to Oral Roberts University, where Dennis was, and um, it was Christian school. They were a little conservative and everything. So in that school, I would say I was a little more of a rebel. I mean, if I had been in Ohio State, you would have thought I was really angelic. But in that school, I was a little more of a rebel. You're, so you're still angelic to me. Huh? <laughs> anyway, so 
Anyway, so I'm going to go on this admission trip. My friend had gone, and wow, it really changed her life and everything. It was a whole summer long. I was going to go to the Philippines. I had gone through the whole interview process, and I had I had been chosen, and I was going to go. But And this was before Christmas. We had to interview the first semester. We were going to go in the summer following. Anyway, so that Christmas, I still just not sure. I just, oh, I don't know. I kind of, you know how you kind of hear from God, but you're not sure if you hear from God. And I'm going forward. I'm just praying and praying, and it was, it was Christmas break. And um, I woke up one morning. We had gone to Florida. My grandparents were down there, and, and I was in my grandma's double wide. And I woke up, and I looked up, and <laughs> there was an angel standing there. So it was a really big, maybe nine feet a uh, little pretty scary looking and very shining and definitely had a presence about it. And <laughs> so like anyone else in the Bible that sees an angel, I was scared out of my mind. So I was just kind of cringing. I was just getting out of my bed or I hardly would look at it, you know, whatever. I'm like, Lord, what is this? And I says, why is this speaking to me? You know, remember, I'm kind of the rebel who's now going on a mission trip. I said, I'm not one of those spiritual people on campus. I says, you know, why is this appearing to me? And the Lord says, and this is a good point, too. He says, I don't send angels to people who are spiritual. I send angels to people who need them. I'm like, mm. oh, okay. So anyway, so then goes on. And, and basically the message that it came to me was, you'll go many places and do many great things, but don't marry David. Well, David was the boyfriend at the time. So anyway, <laughs> that's another story. Anyway, so <laughs> anyway, I go on this mission trip and whatever, and um, but then I, I have to go on uh, fast forward 40 years or so, okay? So just recently, I don't know if some of you know, I went on a, um, a trip down to New Orleans after the hurricane with a rapid response team with the Billy Graham Ministry and um, Samaritan's Purse. Anyway, so I was praying about whether to go on this, this trip. This is recently, actually, the last fall. And um, I, had always, I walk around my path a lot, and I have this tree that I pray by my tree. And I have my hand print on that tree because that's my prayer tree. And so I was out at my tree, and <laughs> I was just praying, oh, Lord, should I go on this trip? He's not going. Now, i got to drive all the way to New Orleans by myself. I don't know anybody down there. And I'm going to stay for a week. We're sleeping in churches, and I'm, I'm running around ministering with, with people I don't know. Anyway, so um, I have my hand on the tree, and the Lord said, yeah, you're going. I told you you'd go many places and do many great things and don't marry David. I was like, oh, <laughs> But that confirmed a couple things to me. One was he actually did like the things I had done. I was like, oh, I, I really don't think I've gone that many places, done great things, but that's what he thought of me. Mm -hmm. and that's what he thinks of the things you're doing too. Yeah. And anyway, the, uh, the one message Genesis had said was, you know, the things God tells you way back when, God's word doesn't come back void, and they're still applicable now. So that was my story. Well, thank you for, I don't need a mic, but thank you for um, not marrying David. <laughs> and when I get there, I'm going to find that angel and thank him. <laughs> I am. And so, 
Uh, so God, can you, did you hear the different ways that God speaks? Now I want to tell you, remember I told you that I told you when I quit that one job, the Lord said, I will take care of you. Those are exact words. I will take care of you. Okay. So when my tenure came at the end of 35 years, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, Lord, you know, where am I going? You know, I actually thought I was probably just going to retire there and die there. You know, I just, because he had never spoken, I was going to go anywhere else. So I just was like kind of shocked that that, you know, with that, all that happening. So when he said uh, that way back when, okay, then he reaffirmed that. I'm sitting there doing my devotion, and he did like this, he did Susie. Didn't I tell you, I will take care of you? And I go, I thought that was for the next job. No, it was for your whole life. See, I, you know, sometimes we interpret what God gives us and is, we limit it. So see, I just thought when he said I'd take care of you when I, uh, at that one, when I resigned that one job, it was just, in other words, I'll get you another job. Now he was saying, I'll take care of you, but he meant I'm going to take care of you, Dennis, your whole life. And guess what? He's going to take care of you too. And uh, so I, I think we're going to uh, close at this point. I, I thank you guys for sharing. Um, I think that uh, I got a lot more I could share, but we'll do that next week and uh, try and just dovetail on to some other stuff and some other truths. Um, but don't limit God in any way that he can speak to you. He can speak to you just by showing you something. Uh, he can speak to you through a tree like he did to me when I was mowing. He can speak to you through all kinds of ways, and sometimes it's not a voice. You know, Sometimes you just see something, and then thoughts come. Uh, and so always just ask him, uh, you know, to, you know, if you don't exactly know what it means, just ask him and let him expound on it. Because sometimes we can take things and not, not ask. Like uh, I'll tell you, I got one more story that just popped into my head. I'm an usher at Rama. okay? We don't get to do much because, you know, we don't go front and get prayed for. We're always working. But I'm the usher there, and it was a bad ice storm in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And so Norval Hayes was speaking. He goes really long. And so he got up, and, and at the end, they, somebody came up and prayed. And I can't remember if it was him or somebody else, but they announced that it was an ice storm. And they said, okay, you know, be careful on the way home. And he prayed for safety for everybody. I mean, it was pretty clear, came to me in my spirit, that won't work for you. That prayer wasn't going to work for me. Okay. So I walked out to my Monte Carlo and I started pleading the blood of Jesus over it, rebuking every devil that I knew, who, who, you know, whatever, got in my car and totaled the car on the way home. It went on the ice and, you know, it was spinning and somebody hit me and totaled the car. I was fine. I was praying in the spirit at the time what happened, uh, you know, confused me. Said I did everything I know to do. You know, I prayed. I did everything, you know, Lord, I don't understand. It took years for me to understand, okay? And then one day when I was in prayer, I just brought it up. I said, Lord, I just don't understand why, you know, uh, that happened. And he said, well, Dennis, you, as soon as I spoke to you, you took it and ran with it and never really conversed with me. And I says, what do you mean? And he says, well, you know, I told you that won't work for you, but you didn't say what would work for me. And I said, 
well, what was I supposed to do? He said, I would have just told you to wait. It was over in like 15 minutes. If I'd have waited, the roads would have been fine, and I'd have just gone home. And so there again, I, that's a learning experience. <laughs> it cost me a car, but it's a learning experience, okay? But see, in other words, don't just take what God gives you and run with it. Make sure you understand what he's really saying to you. And it's a conversation. It's a relationship. So I should have said, well, Lord, what do you want me to do? And from that, I've learned that when I get something, I want to make sure I'm hearing what he wants me to hear of that. You see what I'm saying? So in other words, uh, he can show me something, but what are you saying exactly? So I don't misinterpret what he says. Sometimes God will give us a word and we interpret into a sentence. Okay, or he gives us a sentence and we make it a paragraph. And we think, oh, this is what God's going to do. He just told me this. And then when it doesn't happen, we get frustrated. And the devil says, see, you didn't hear God. No, it wasn't I didn't hear God. It was just I didn't continue the conversation. And therefore, I missed exactly what he was trying to tell me. And I was so busy being spiritual and the man of faith out there praying for my car and slapping my hand on it and just being really, you know, man of faith and power that God couldn't interrupt that. I couldn't hear him anymore because I was so busy doing my thing. See, I was being spiritual instead of just being humble and saying, God, I don't know what, you know, what, am, what should I do? You just told me something, you know. I should have been, you know, but I thought, you know, I can, put, I can do this. So in other words, we're learning all the time, and God wants us to learn. And when we learn, every time we learn something, we're getting closer to being like him, okay? And every time we learn, it changes us, and a lot of times it changes others. Because when he changes us, then we're able to share just like we're sharing up here today. And hopefully you've learned some things. Father, we just thank you. You're such a good and loving God. And we just thank you that as we just shared from our hearts, that Lord, we just pray that uh, the Holy Spirit would take and uh, take that and just help others to, to just be more comfortable learning how to hear your voice each and every day. You want to direct us in everything we do. We just need to recognize you and just ask you. And so, Father, continue to give us uh, creative thoughts. Continue to allow us to be used to minister to others. But, Father, we also pray that the, the things that we have needs of that in our own personal lives, that you would just encourage us, speak to us, lead us and guide us by your spirit that you've given us to live inside of us forever. We thank you for that now in Jesus' name. Amen.